Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Nicole Harger, and I'm filling in this week for Adam while he is on a much-deserved vacation. Absolutely. And I'm Matt Fisser. We have some big news this week coming from the IFRS on the global sustainability and climate reporting front. And since we're switching things up this week with our host, I figured why not switch up our format by saving the biggest story for last. I like it. Keeping things interesting. We'll also cover two stories from the PCAOB. First, we'll summarize the most recent audit committee spotlight issued from the PCAOB. We will then provide you with an update on the most recent proposal to update auditing standards 1105 audit evidence and 2301 the auditor's responses to the risk of material misstatement. These updates are specific to aspects of designing and performing audit procedures that involve technology-assisted analysis of information in electronic form. So that leaves us starting today's episode off on the SEC front. Last week, the SEC reopened the comment period for its proposed rule, Position Reporting of Large Security-Based Swap Positions. Specifically, the rule would require any person with a security-based swap position that exceeds a certain threshold to promptly file with the Commission a schedule disclosing certain information related to its security-based swap position. The reopening of the comment period is intended to give interested parties the opportunity to provide additional feedback in light of the issuance of an SEC staff memorandum that contains supplemental data and analysis regarding proposed reporting thresholds in the equity security-based swap market. Comments are due by August 21st or 30 days after the proposal's date of publication in the Federal Register, whichever is later. Awesome. Now we're moving right along to the PCAOB front. They recently issued their spotlight for audit committees. Specifically, the spotlight resource suggests questions that may be of interest to audit committee members to consider amongst themselves or in discussions with their independent auditors, especially given today's economic and geopolitical landscape. Specifically, the spotlight covers questions over various audit areas, such as the risk of fraud, risk assessment and internal controls, auditing and accounting risks, digital assets, mergers and acquisitions activities, the use of work of other auditors, talent and its impact on audit quality, independence, critical audit matters, and cybersecurity. You know, this does sound like a great resource for those listeners that do sit on audit committees, so they should definitely check that out. Moving right along to our next story from the PCOB, just this week they issued a proposal designed to improve audit quality and enhance investor protection by addressing aspects of designing and performing audit procedures that involve technology-assisted analysis of information received in electronic form. As we mentioned in the intro, this proposal includes changes to update aspects of AS1105 and AS2301. The board issued the current PCOB standards on audit evidence and responses to risk back in 2010. And obviously since then, companies have significantly increased their utilization of information systems that store vast amounts of electronic data. And this has provided auditors with enhanced access to company generated and third party electronic information which could potentially be used as audit evidence. Additionally, some auditors have extensively adopted data analysis tools. 
Research conducted by the PCAOB staff reveals that auditors are indeed employing technology-assisted analysis in audit procedures. However, it also indicates that the quality of audits could be improved by incorporating additional guidance in their standards that specifically addresses the various aspects of designing and conducting audit procedures involving technology-assisted analysis. The objective of the proposal is to enhance the quality of audits by reducing the likelihood of auditors issuing an opinion without obtaining sufficient and appropriate audit evidence when utilizing technology-assisted analysis. The proposal aims to provide greater clarity regarding auditor responsibilities in three areas. So first, by ensuring auditors are using reliable information in audit procedures. So specifically, technology-assisted analysis often involves the analysis of extensive electronic data. The proposal emphasizes the auditor's responsibility to assess the reliability of such information. For example, when evaluating a company's controls over electronic data, the auditor's testing should encompass the controls related to the company's information technology. Yeah, the second area of auditor responsibilities to be clarified by this proposal is using evidence for multiple purposes. Technology-assisted analysis can supply audit evidence for various purposes throughout an audit, such as risk assessment procedures during planning and substantive procedures in response to those assessed risks. The proposal specifies that if audit evidence is used for multiple purposes, the auditor should design and perform the procedure to achieve each relevant objective. And lastly, the proposal covers designing and conducting substantive procedures. Auditors can employ technology-assisted analysis to identify transactions and balances that meet specific criteria and require further investigation during substantive procedures. For instance, auditors can identify all transactions within an account processed by a particular individual or exceeding a certain threshold, and that pro this proposal provides clarity on the factors auditors should consider during this investigation including whether the identified items indicate a misstatement, control deficiency, or necessitate modifications to the risk assessment or planned procedures. The proposal is open for comment until August 28th. If the proposal is passed, you know, this is definitely an area where um, our listeners may be impacted as they may see more scrutiny and questions from their auditors around controls and reliability of data provided. Absolutely. There's a lot there and something we will continue to follow. Nicole, some big news came down internationally. Yep, it sure did. So this week, finally, the International Sustainability Standards Board announced they officially launched its new Global Sustainability and Climate Disclosure Standards. These standards are expected to form the basis for emerging sustainability reporting requirements for regulators across the globe. The new standards will begin applying for reporting periods beginning January 2024, with companies beginning to dis issue disclosures against the standards in 2025. As a reminder, the two new standards are titled IFRS S1, General Requirements for Disclosure of Financial Information Related to Sustainability, and IFRS 2 Disclosures Regarding Climate-Related Matters. Each standard primarily focuses on providing information about general sustainability and climate-specific risks and opportunities. This includes aspects such as governance, which includes overseeing and controlling processes and procedures for managing these risks and opportunities, strategy, which pertains to the approach used for handling these risks and opportunities, risk management, which encompasses the processes of identifying, assessing, prioritizing, and monitoring these risks and opportunities, 
and metrics and targets, which involve tracking progress towards targets set by the company or required by law or regulation. Specifically, IFRS S1 requires companies to disclose information about sustainability-related risks and opportunities that would be useful to primary users of general purpose financial reports. And IFRS S2 sets out specific climate-related disclosures. Eric E. Likinen, chair of the IFRS Foundation Trustees, said the global baseline approach supported by the G20 and others will provide investors with globally comparable sustainability-related disclosures that have the potential to move market prices without constraining jurisdictions from requiring additional disclosures. This will help companies and investors by tackling duplicative reporting. Regulators in major jurisdictions around the world, including Europe, the UK, and the US, have introduced or are preparing mandatory sustainability reporting requirements for companies, and most will be heavily influenced by the ISSB standards. I know here in the U.S. we are anxiously awaiting the release of the SEC's proposed climate rule. We certainly are, and that rounds us out for this week. Hopefully we made Adam proud without him. (laughs) For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcast on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Nicole Harger. And I'm Matt Fisser. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll be taking next week off for the 4th of July holiday, so we will see you the following week. For more information about Embark, check out our website, www.embarkwithus.com. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.